0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 53 of Vague Zone. I am Daniel. I'm Thomas. And today we are discussing the 2004 David S. Goyer movie, Blade Trinity, starring Wesley Snipes, Chris Christopherson, Parker Posey, Ryan Reynolds, Jessica Biel. The, cat, the <laughs> list goes on. Um, Triple H. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> t- so, Thomas, before we get into the movie, will you read for us the IMDb synopsis? Uh,
1: with pleasure. Okay. Blade Trinity. Blade, now a wanted man by the FBI, must join forces with the Nightstalkers Stalkers to face his most challenging enemy yet, Dracula. Dracula.
0: So, I want to just say, last Dracula. week, it was my pick. I chose The Horror of Dracula starring Christopher Lee. I did not know that dracula would be making an appearance in this movie uh i just wanted to <laughs> i was just riffing on vampires but uh it, it turns out it was a pretty good segue um, yeah definitely thomas what did you think of blade trinity
1: god damn this movie is a mess but uh, it has concepts that i like it has ideas that i enjoy but man it is just uh just a mess of a movie and yeah just ryan reynolds is just quipping all over this movie just doing jokes that just do not land at all yeah. and uh like the casting is like pretty good like i was joking yeah it's like i enjoy that uh Patton oswald makes an appearance in this movie like uh, dominic purcell i think is pretty good as dracula at least like visually um but yeah and yeah parker posey is a nice like good like minion vampire too i think she's nicely cast in this movie i enjoy her and doing like the like hamming it up as like you know kind of doing the goth thing a little bit Um, but overall yeah just like the script is just really bad the jokes are really bad the the fighting is just like incoherent the fight fight scenes are just terrible in this movie Um, there's some cool like arrow action with Jessica Biel's character but and actually I do appreciate the shape-shifting thing we talked about that a little bit in our conversation about Dracula Mm -hmm. and this movie touches on it and I think it uses that sort of somewhat well but overall yeah it's just it's the weakest movie of the trilogy. I think it's, yeah, it's not really connected to the other two in any other way, besides it just having some references and having, you know, just being centered around Blade and this character related to the Whistler. But overall, it's just, it's, this is a rough one. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it lacks the charm of the first two. And yeah, I don't know what David S. Goyer David is like, he's he's good with like ideas and concepts, but as far as like directing movies, yeah, not that, not that great. What did you think?
0: Uh, yeah, it's easily the weakest one. Um I think there's some decent action at the beginning and the end, but there were some sequences where I found myself getting bored during the action. Um there's some really bizar- bizarre stuff with Dracula in this movie. I wasn't like I said, I wasn't expecting him to show up in here. Yeah. And we get some pretty odd sequences that are centered on him. Um I hated Ryan Reynolds in this movie. <laughs> like absolutely hated. I feel like as soon as he enters the movie, I I was checked out. Um, yeah, it, it took a major downturn for me. Um, yeah. I'm glad he found you know where he needed to be with Deadpool and that he's uh sent like focusing th- these energies there for that character. But here, I was just it was not a welcome addition for me. Um, Chris Christopherson once again I think is kind of phoning it in in this one. There's some really clunky back and forth between him and Wesley Snipes. Um but you know we've we've seen we've seen them pull it off before so i'm I'm mostly blaming David S. goyer on this uh, I think he just yeah. did not get the performances he needed uh Wesley Snipes I think still does a great job here there's There's a moment where he's actually being um he's surrendering to the cops, and despite the fact that it's at night and he's wearing sunglasses uh I still felt really bad for him <laughs> in that moment. He still managed to give off a performance that made me feel you know pretty sympathetic to him. um but yeah ultimately this is like you said it's a pretty messy movie uh there's yeah there's some interesting casting in here parker posey i i don't know why she's in this (laughs) like (laughs) her her fangs the whole time i'm looking at her mouth with the fangs in it i'm just thinking about her with braces and um what's that one best of show best in show Uh, yeah yeah
1: Yeah. yeah, it's it's fun to dress up. I think uh, if you're an actor in Hollywood and someone offered you a vampire movie, it's sort of hard to turn it down. So you know, it's just going to be sort of schlocky and just you know, just put on the teeth, do a little stuff with blood, and then, you know, it'll be a little bit of fun. At the very least, it'll be you know something silly.
0: It feels like they wanted. Uh, I'm not sure the pronunciation of her name, Feruza Balk. Do you know know Fairuza Balk? She was in um The Craft, and uh, she's what's his name yeah. the water boy's just... girlfriend oh, <laughs> and the okay. water boy um it feels like they wanted her but c- they just made up parker posey to kind of look like her um
1: okay i got that yeah <laughs> yeah the casting is, is interesting because yeah we do have like jessica beale sort of like at, on the earlier half of her career so it's like mm-hmm. it, you know it's sort of the camera is definitely sort of like really into her and fetishizing you know just her you know her sexiness and you know
0: unnecessary shower (laughs) scene yeah
1: superfluous shower scene like cleaning the blood off or whatever and then yeah we also get ryan reynolds and like one of his earlier starring roles and so yeah i think he's like he isn't really figuring out who who he is as ryan reynolds yet as far as like being on camera because yeah it's just like do we want him to be super sexy six pack Ryan Reynolds or do you want him to be just like dick jokes at a miles per hour of Ryan Reynolds? And he's just sort of stuck in the middle, just doing so much. There's a line in this movie where they're on the montage going out, killing vampires. and He's just making jokes the entire time. And he stops and He's just like, sorry, I've had a lot of sugar today. And I was just like, yeah, I feel like that's like either him just like, I feel almost like an improv to me where it's just like, okay, just sort of breaking the fourth wall a little bit and be like, Hey, I'm acknowledging that like, this character is fucking obnoxious, and, and so like I, don't know, I appreciate that little beat. But overall, yeah, this yeah, this movie is just really nuts. I, I do appreciate that it is the first Blade movie that we get our like Marvel sort of crawl at the beginning. Yeah, I noticed and that. It, it like I feel like it, it helps tie it into the overall like uh, Marvel mythos a little mm-hmm. bit more with that just addition to the beginning. But yeah, then he it starts off with him doing like. Uh, this really cheesy monologue about um, in the movies, Dracula wears a cape and old and an old English man saves a day at the last minute with cross and holy water. We all know movies are full of shit. And so it just kind of starts off with like that, that snarky tone oh, yeah. where it's like, it just doesn't really fit with the movie. Yeah, so what did you think about like the visuals? I think that's like a, a big part of this movie. It's a lot more like speed ramping and I don't know, just I don't know. It, it feels I... flashier.
0: To me, it didn't. I think Guillermo del Toro's movie is the flashiest one. Like with that opening action scene, we get a ton of like speed ramping and stuff. And and I I think in the first movie we have that sort of weird, ridiculous car chase scene, uh, yeah. which is all sped up. And I don't know. This is th- this movie felt like it had it felt the most subdued. I think out of the three. Okay. I mean, maybe the first one feels like very conventional, but yeah, I don't know.
1: I think the word I was looking for, I think it just looks a little bit better. It just the benefit of this movie, you know, having it's more modern and it has just a little bit better effects with, you know, the vampire sort of ashing and burning away. So I thought those effects looked like I thought those looked pretty good. But yeah, just the the cutting and just like, yeah, it didn't really complement that.
0: I think Dracula looks really good. Like uh, the yeah. transformations between human Dracula and the Heavy uh, makeup effects, Dracula, the more demonic version. But um,
1: yeah, I appreciate that we get a little bit of a callback to the Reapers and how their mouths sort of unfold. <laughs> and so that this movie sort of uses that yeah. well with Dracula, but then I think it uses it a little bit too much towards the end
0: with the dogs. <laughs> it was weird because it was like, we need to heighten. We, so, like, it was like, okay, where do you go from double vampires? It was like, is he just going to be fighting demons? And I yeah. like that the trajectory is like, he goes to Dracula, you know, this mythical vampire, the one who started it all. Um, but the way they depict vampires, in, or, or uh, the way they depict Dracula is instead of opening his mouth four ways, he opens it in six ways. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> yeah. their way of heightening.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then he has this other form. He's like Frieza, you know, you can turn into this complete ugly version of himself. That's just like the real messed up Dracula. Um, um,
0: this movie also gives us extreme vampires during the Jessica Biel scene because we get a, a vampire and a skateboard and a vampire and a BMX fight.
1: Yeah. Those guys <laughs> are pretty rad. They were just having a good time. They just wanted to shred. They were just you know, just doing yeah. their thing.
0: Edgy teen vamps.
1: <laughs> yeah. That scene is, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice. I mean, I I, I do appreciate uh, yeah i, I guess to just enjoy like watching jessica beale kick ass a little bit even though it's not like the best shot i just i do appreciate that we sort of have like a a strong female role sort of you know just doing doing cool stuff like i like her weapons like the uh like, laser like, weapon yeah like the la- i like the laser weapon and i cheese like cutter yeah the she yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah the like the uv ray cheese cutter that mm-hmm. she has it. A- doesn't look too great when it's like unfolding. You can sort of see the CGI a little bit, but I just I liked that, that concept, and I like that she's using arrows and and then like she's ricocheting shots when they're inside the hallway scene. That was so out. weird.
0: <laughs> like yeah, I, I, Ryan Reynolds <laughs> being like, "I can't shoot around corners," and then they're <laughs> saying, "I can." It's like the clunkiest fucking dialogue. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, the screenplay is just, is just horrible. You can't can't even. I have nothing really good to say about the screenplay. And even when I first watched all three of these movies and did the three in a day when I got to this one I was most exhausted. So I did not want to watch this movie at all, but I did appreciate, like you said, the inclusion of Dracula. And it made me think that I, well, what do you think about this? Do you, like I felt like the series sort of missed a really good chance by not building that up more throughout the trilogy and like sort of have been hinting, funny. hinting at Dracula sort of being behind everybody, but I don't know, they sort of do like a cop out where they just like, They go to the Middle East and they're just hunting around and they unearth them on accident. And so I I think it's just like,
0: yeah, go ahead, finish with that. i was gonna say
1: I I felt like they might have been doing like uh, I don't know, capitalizing on like tensions from the Iraq War around the Mm -hmm. time or something like that. It's like 2004, and you're sort of casting this like somewhat like ethnic guy Dominic Purcell who looks like he could be from the Middle East. And I think they were sort of playing with that a little bit, but not stating it too overtly
0: what is dominic purcell because I, I he just looked like a white guy to me
1: yeah i don't know maybe maybe i was just sort of fooled because he's, he's he's got a, a tan look now, eh, he
0: he's, uh, like... so i looked it up he's born in england to a norwegian father and an irish mother okay
1: so, <laughs> so completely wrong on my part but still <laughs> um, yeah i just thought that the, at least the setting might have been an allusion to that and then also just the inclusion of the fbi as like the main villains not the main villains but the uh, a, a major part that sort of sparks this all off i mean that the, the fbi has been looking for, for blade this entire time and I mean, it so, does
0: so, sorry it does have like sort of a conspiratorial uh like sense to it where it's like okay are are the fbi in bed with the bad guys the vampires yeah um, yeah and so which is very you know if it is uh in regards to nine eleven or you know post post nine eleven uh, United States, if it is playing with the political landscape of that, that's kind of subversive.
1: <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I, I think it sort of goes along with what these movies have done already. Of just like the t- vampires are controlling everything, and so just when you think that you know there might be like you know a, a different entity or a different party that is going against Blade, it's no surprise they're. There are a bunch of familiars and vampires as well. I was going to ask, what do you think about Dr. Edgar Vance? In the early in in this movie, we have a scene where it's like a Charlie Rose type of like circle table interview type of thing. And they're like, what do you think? Tell me more about this uh, Blade character. What do you think about that scene? So
0: I actually wrote that guy's name down. What was it? It's uh, the actor. I wrote down Talking Vampires and Blade on Bentley Tittle. The name of the show (laughs) is Bentley Tittle. Um, Yeah, that's great yeah i mean so so the the scene that stood out with me with this doc that stood out for me with this doctor is the interrogation scene uh when he's sitting across from blade, and he straight up says like he starts t- talking about sexuality and vampires, and yeah. then he asks blade what his relationship with is is with his mother, which is like Totally reflective of the conversation we had in the first episode.
1: Yeah, that, I wrote that in my notes. I was like, Daniel was spot on, like, talking about, like, the the transferring of fluids and talking about blood and, and how does this connect to your mother. I was like, damn, you nailed it right on the head.
0: So it's like, yeah, like, was David... So, which makes me wonder, like, how intentional David S. Goyer was being... Because he wrote all three of these movies. Like, how intentional yeah. was he being with what was happening in the first Blade? And, like, now he's commenting on it here, or at least not really commenting on it but acknowledging it um yeah i don't know
1: yeah i, I think it's spot on yeah he he's definitely making those connections cuz when you mentioned it i was a little skeptical and i was like yeah i could sort of see that i feel like it was a little bit of a stretch but he yeah, bones
0: his that, mother yeah the
1: fact that yeah he, david escoyer wrote all three of these movies and the, the one that he gets to direct he has a character who directly says that it's yeah. pretty interesting and
0: then he injects him with this white fluid like yeah
1: that's yeah in the neck yeah so it has a little bit of everything. And yeah, after they break out, after that really like messy breakout scene, we finally get to meet the Night Stalkers. And we sort of have this ragtag group of rogue vampire hunters. And uh yeah, I, the scene is is really over the top to me a little bit. But what do you think about those characters?
0: So before we get into like meeting all of the Night Stalkers, I want to talk about yeah, this this scene where Hannibal King is introduced because Blade is locked up. Um you know, he's being interrogated, and then the vampires come in, and they're, like, hassling Blade, and then Hannibal King just bursts through a window, <laughs> and we don't know who this guy is. <laughs> and so it just feels like it has no causation. Like, there's, like, it's just something is happening on screen now. Um, there was no tension building up to it in the sense of, like, y- you know, like, if they would have introduced him earlier, then we could have established, like, this race against time. Like, are they going to be able to save Blade? But instead, it's yeah. just it just feels like some random shit that happens. And now we're now we're following Hannibal King and uh, Abigail uh, Whistler. and yes. During this 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 fight scene, and it's like I don't really know too much about these characters. Like, I don't know. It just felt really clunky to me.
1: Yeah, their arrival is is just not really well written. Because yeah, we don't have any. Uh, there's no lead yeah no lead up no hint of that earlier on and the fact that yeah he's supposedly like in this deep like fbi facility or not about about deep but he's he's in captivity and he's like yeah so it's probably heavily guarded to an extent so the idea that yeah (laughs) um he just bursts through a window randomly and is a is a hello my name is fuck you sticker on his chest or whatever and it's just like yeah it's like did a 13 year old write this you just want like, just wanted to have someone burst through a window and just say fuck you and like, that's just that's the joke that's as deep as it gets.
0: like it would be it would feel like a payoff if we knew who this was but we're like a hat like or you could just like have this happen earlier in the movie because this is a half hour in at this point like we're already yeah. pretty invested and now it just feels like just some random shit's happening um
1: yeah and then and then the, the scene that follows isn't that great either yeah and oh there is a, a nice thing that's in this movie uh earlier uh, the whistler gives him a new invention he gives uh, he gives blade uh, a serum inhaler so this time around he doesn't have to sit in a chair and get injected via neck <laughs> like this intense serum of like garlic or like heart like garlic water or whatever the hell it is but yeah now he just he's walking around with this inhaler and so yeah you know, the idea that he bursts into the window and just like gives him this inhaler it seems a little uh just silly in execution because yeah like he's have I, <laughs> yeah i don't know it just makes it feel like the like the entire internal struggle of Blade. it just it, I don't, it feels like it is the word infantilized or like, it just makes it feel like he it's like a little kid sort of when he's just like kind of hiding in the corner just like do, doing this inhaler i don't know it just it didn't really work for me i like he's the intensity the anymore yeah like I, I like the intensity of the whistler sort of like strapping him down in the chair and like it's a really painful process now like, oh, now it's just an inhaler i can just go on the on the balcony and just <laughs> just do it really quickly yeah. and I, I thought that was a, a kind of I, I just wasn't into that change really
0: no, he's disabled. <laughs> he's yeah. got asthma. He's yeah. an otherly abled uh, superhero.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, we get to meet the Night Stalkers, and yeah, it's like we have Pat Oswalt, who doesn't say anything in the, in the first scene yeah. that they meet, yeah, and uh, Natasha Lyonne, who we later find out is a, a blind character, which I thought it was a somewhat interesting choice. It adds a little bit of depth to her character, not like a ton of depth. She is the only character who sort of, we get a little bit of sense of who she is, because she's using a a lap, like a special keyboard that is like with braille on it and mm-hmm. she has a daughter and so I, I appreciate that they sort of added some depth to that character even though it's not like a ton it, it just shades in the, uh, you know, it shades it in a little bit better Yeah, the fact that it's not just like faceless nerds sort of just like giving Blade new technology
0: yeah they gave her a little bit of a hook um, it does kind of feel like you know Saturday morning cartoon ragtag gang though where um, everyone sort of embodies a different you know very specific uh, persona <laughs> like it's like yeah. I, I, it reminds me of like um, what was that the Burger King kids where like one of them's in a wheelchair and then the other one's got yeah. like the cool goggles and shit <laughs> yeah totally
1: yeah they, they, <laughs> they're, they're a, a ragtag group that's the word to use for sure and yeah we get this nice little scene of you know hit, Patton Oswald explaining like the the sun dogs or whatever, or like they're, yeah, they're explaining like these new gadgets and their plan to just sort of wipe out all vampires with this like biological weapon, which I thought was kind of, uh, you know, it's somewhat of an interesting idea.
0: Yeah. I think it makes sense. Um, it make yeah, it makes sense as a trajectory for the series to go. Um, but then, yeah, we really, we really get introduced to the concept of Dracula and the way we're going to defeat these vampires is we have to inf- infect Dracula. Um, and so then we get some more like, it feels like it comes in a little too late. Like, this movie does a weird thing where it's like, we really get Dracula becoming like a menace, a menacing figure in the movie a little too late, and the previous gang with Triple H and Parker Posey kind of disappears from the movie for a significant portion of time. Did you Did you feel that way? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do, and yeah, I feel like there there is a piece missing. It doesn't feel like a lot of connected tissue. Like, just sort of like Blade 2 felt like a just a detour of an adventure that focuses on Blade and Whistler. It, it's it, like, it feels the same way here where, yeah, it's like there's not many other characters from the other movies that return at all. And it's, it's just like we're meeting a bunch of new people and dealing with this new set of problems. But, yeah, it does... It like it's weird that yeah, it drags in some places and then it feels like it's being rushed in others. And yeah, just the scene where like Dracula kills the two like the two kids inside of the Dracula store. I think oh, it's like yeah, really silly really. where she's like, like, oh yeah, we've got Dracula everything, we've got
0: Dracula dildos it's in here. Just, it's just like, <laughs> you can cut this out. Like the scene <laughs> yeah. doesn't need to be in the movie. And it's like yeah. like they want to establish like Dracula as menacing, but this is how you're gonna do it.
1: Yeah wasn't too into it yeah even when ryan reynolds is when they're inside of the Night stalker little hideout he's explaining the like dracula so they he's had different names throughout the years and he's been he's the original vampire it's cut with this weird like cg like montage type of thing where it's just like
0: storybook moment
1: kind of like dracula sort of like slashing at the camera and like kind of just yeah, sort of egging up the camera, not, not egging up, egging but sort up. of. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Classic forget- egger. Yes, he's, uh, he's uh, hamming it up for the camera. And then we get a, a truly just like music video sort of shot where it's just Drake sort of like walking out yeah. into Los Angeles. Yeah, they and call him just, Drake. Like, yeah, <laughs> and then just like the sky is sort of going really fast. And I was like, this feels like a Lincoln Park. It's terrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like- I, I just wrote down what the fuck is the, is with this Dracula roaming the city montage. Um, yeah, walking
1: really slowly. Everyone else is walking really fast around it. And I was like, yeah, this yeah. totally like totally like a new metal music video from the early two thousands. Like, uh, yeah, this <laughs> it just didn't work
0: <laughs> as a concept. Like, I'm happy that it's Blade versus Dracula in this movie. They fucking and like I like the look of Beast Mode Dracula, but yeah. they fucking drop the ball with everything else because it's like. We have him fighting goths. We have this weird fucking montage scene. There's a foot chase with Blade, which is super boring. Yeah. Uh, he, like, pushes a scooter... Dracula pushes a scooter over. He pushes a bike down <laughs> some stairs. There's a dog barking. There's a guy wailing on the guitar. Like, and then it, it concludes with Dracula throwing a baby at Blade, which is funny. <laughs> like, it's yeah. a funny thing to include in the movie, but... This yeah, he's like, come on.
1: Tushy, He says cushy to the baby in the <laughs> most should, like. <laughs>
0: he should have just been in beast mode the whole the whole movie. Like yeah. he should have been flying around and shit. He should have been turning into mist.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I do appreciate the fact that they had that conversation about like just like the rules of what Dracula can do. Cause I think it yeah, it does segue really nicely from us watching like one of these like original Dracula films. And then like, sort of comparing it to this where they're like, yeah, he can't turn into mist. He can shapeshift, but he can't shapeshift into animals, which I thought was pretty interesting and a nice like detour. And I, I do appreciate the, the couple of fake outs that we get. There's one in the middle where they go to find uh, Dr. Edgar Vance and uh, he's there. He, he like his shirt's all open Yeah, <laughs> they're like, wait a second. Then it's actually Dracula. So I, I do appreciate that little moment. There is a a concept in this movie that I also really enjoy that we get a hint of in the first movie. They mention it sort of slightly in the second, but here we get a a full-on... Uh, scene inside of a blood farm. And that was the, the part that stood out to me the most when I watched this movie. What'd you think about that scene?
0: Um I thought it was a little weird because it's like there's a person working there who just like doesn't react <laughs> <Yeah>. to anything <laughs> <receptionist>. that's happening. <laughs> yeah. And and like as soon as they're like, hey, what's what's the password? They're like, oh this is the password. <laughs> and then like, turn it off. He's like, all right, all right. Like
1: She's it's great because she's not a familiar. She has no allegiance. She's just that's just her nine to five. Right, look, she just, just doesn't give a single paid, fuck, man.
0: Right? <laughs> Got yeah. food on the table.
1: Yeah, but I think conceptually I enjoyed that because I just like the idea that yeah, it's like they're preying on the homeless. It's pretty dark. I think it's uh, one of the darker concepts, sort of raised by the trilogy of just like not only are the vampires in cahoots with the police and the FBI or whatever, they're also just like preying on the homeless and basically using them as their perpetual batteries in a yeah. sense and just like have an entire just library an archive of humans just like vacuum sealed so inside of a inside of a warehouse somewhere. I-, I thought that was at least just like conceptually that stood out the most to me.
0: Yeah. And they kept them clothed in their little uh, pods.
1: Yeah. <laughs> sort of vaguely like reference, not referencing, but it, it reminded me of like the dark side of like the pharmaceutical company, of just the uh, pharmaceutical companies of like the idea of, you know, keeping you alive just to, you know, just, just for the sake of selling you more, you know, shit, selling you more medicine instead of curing you or something like that. I, I, it, just, it just felt dark of just the idea of just being suspended in that, that state.
0: Does that tie into a doctor being allied with the vampires at all?
1: Uh, possibly. I think so. <laughs> I think that could work. Yeah, I think it might have been more on accident than, than just like really clever writing. But I, I just, as a set piece, that one worked for me. It just felt like a nice, slower
0: little moment in the movie. So, yeah, so Dracula, he ends up killing all the Night Stalkers. Well, all except our major Night Stalker. He kills uh, Natasha <laughs> Leone, Dex is the character's name, Dex, and uh, yeah. Pat Oswald's character. And um... so. And he kidnaps uh Ooh. Natasha Leon's daughter. And so now it becomes a, a game of like, okay, well we gotta we gotta save Ryan Reynolds, because he's been kidnapped too. We gotta save the daughter. And uh we gotta inject Dracula with this virus. And so they introduce this new character, Calder, for the <laughs> convenience of just the virus being transferred. And we get this like, if you if you're seeing this message I'm already dead video from Natasha Leon's character. Yeah. And it it's just totally it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it,
1: it bothers me so much that Pat. No- first of all, Pat Noswalt gets killed off screen, but also like this guy is is doing the, like the job that he would be doing, just like delivering this little bit of exposition on like the final weapon that used to kill Dracula. And it's felt so lazy that it's just some new guy that we don't know and yeah. he just shows up to do this That's here's
0: it. some other person they're gonna solve the yeah. problem it's as if nothing happened like yeah
1: I wasn't into that yeah
0: there's like just no space like
1: <laughs> yeah just like i'm really and they also they uh they capture hannibal and they're like beating him up inside of this room and i uh, just i just fucking just like hit him in that scene is like the peak of unbearable ryan yeah. reynolds because he's just just awful, awful dick jokes. He in. calls it's her.
0: Just... He calls Parker Posey a cock juggling thunder cunt. And it's like, yes. what does that even mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's bad. How <laughs> much? <that just> means? <laughs> it, how much has he? How much do you think was improvised? Like stuff that Ryan Reynolds was coming up with.
1: Um, I don't want to give him too much credit because, like I say, it's still pretty like early on in his career. So I don't know how much like control he would have in like a big budget final installment of a, a Blade, tr- uh, you know, Marvel movie type of thing, but uh, probably some, right? it, you know, he's it, it actually in this trilogy has had lines that have been impro- not improvised, but like like the motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill, like you said, is uh, something it's that a Wesley Snipes just just said, and so they added it to the movie, so I wouldn't be surprised if that same uh, fluidity and sense of collaboration would be here in this movie, but yeah, I don't know. I think I, I don't want to give him too much credit. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that answer.
0: <laughs> it would be, yeah, it would be, you don't yeah. You don't want to besmirch his name by saying he is at fault here.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And also there's a, a, a little bit of a character detail that I find interesting on the second viewing of this movie that Jessica Biel's character is like making like a, a playlist for like when she's going to like fight vampires, she's like just on iTunes, just like and I like wrote down some of the names. There's like Fluke, ATFC, C, and some Jurassic Five on that playlist. A little bit of Uncle, and I just, yeah, just I don't know, I don't know why I thought that was interesting, but I, I feel like yeah, it's just a little bit of addition that doesn't really do much. It just sort of adds to the the coolness factor, sort of, but it just kind of falls flat for
0: me. Yeah, it's like they could have done a Baby Driver thing where they like have the fight choreography in tune with the music um, yeah, wrote the songs yeah. into the script, but they kind of just don't really do much with it. And it also feels very, really inconvenient. Like why would you be listening to music when you're fighting? Uh, someone could sneak up behind you or something.
1: Yeah. Also it made me feel that way with her outfit too. Cause she's doing like the, oh, she's wearing like the sexy like vest type of thing. But like you're dealing with, vampire don't you want to sort of like be like, i don't know, yeah. you know be like you don't want to get bit in the neck or something like that but i don't know just
0: don't you want to just be like covered in s- silver <laughs> like, something yeah something silver like silver
1: spikes like, you need like a suit of armor and that's yeah. that's how you go and approach yeah
0: dracula i was saying they should have like the uh batman like gauntlets with the spikes on them just have me silver yeah. there you go yeah, yeah. something Easy. like that
1: um yeah we also get a nice little fight scene with uh triple h versus ryan reynolds so if you don't like ryan reynolds you can watch that scene and watch him get beat up a little bit which might you know, be enjoyable enjoyable for some people but yeah triple h has uh these silver mouthpieces on his fangs yeah so that was a, a, got, an like, interesting little fronts. touch yes. i guess they
0: wouldn't be silver because he's vampire he's allergic to silver i right? guess yeah
1: that's true um so just metal fronts in yeah. his mouth. <laughs>
0: hmm, plastic. Colored plastic. Uh, yeah, now that you
1: mentioned that, I was like, yeah, that isn't actually interesting. That's just more confusing. <laughs> um, yeah, just to make them a little more intimidating.
0: But yeah, what do you think of how this movie ends and the, our final action sequences and the showdown with Dracula?
1: Yeah, I'm not like super into it. There is, if it was just better cut, I think I'd enjoy it a lot more. I do like the, the back and forth between, uh, there's like the Ryan Reynolds, Triple H fight, and then we have... Uh, dracula and blade, blade fighting and they have they're just having a, just a straight up sword fight yeah and i like i th- like it could be so much better than it is but yeah it's just really jumpy the way it's cut and yeah it's, they're sort of just like in a like a boardroom kind of the setting didn't really do yeah, it for me that much kind of boring and then it's like the, get this little like sequence with the the reaper dogs chasing after ryan reynolds which i thought was just sort of unnecessary and so there's just like a lot going on and it just didn't really feel focused it didn't, they didn't really feel like they were a team working together to yeah. finish this problem it's just like a lot of fights happening at once and it's yeah, just, just all over the place
0: it's not like everyone is kind of factoring into the success of one another it's just kind of three independent things well I mean I guess Abigail shows up at the end and fires the bow um, which plays into Dracula's defeat uh, even if she misses
1: the better way to do it you have all three of them fighting dracula at the same time i need to write a fucking blade movie because i think i can do it well <laughs> you have all three of them fighting at once blade is sort of weakened for whatever reason you have ryan reynolds doing clips to distract dracula and then you <laughs> no, have Jessica. no Beal. clips man come on <laughs> ryan reynolds dies he's,
0: gonna...
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's just gonna write him out gets his tongue
0: the cut film. out
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it, it would function more if, you know, that annoyance was used for something as opposed to just, instead of just being there, yeah, I thought it'd be it, <laughs> a little bit, something more clever. Yeah, Blade,
0: Blade 4, Ryan Reynolds is kidnapped. He gets his tongue cut out at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Um, he's doing his quips, gets interrupted, tongue cut out, can't talk for the So brutal. Moment. There we go. Solved it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, not, not super into it. Um, yeah, I think that's sort of, all of my my feelings about Blade
0: yeah, Trinity. Blade. One thing we did not mention, we get a look at the Blade Mobile at the beginning of this movie, because he has a car that shoots UV lights out of the front. It is a yes. car designed to defeat vampires. Um, I was not expecting a Blade Mobile.
1: Yeah. yeah, I like you know, the use of light in that. And I do I, I do like the little beat in the beginning, where he's like, yeah, he's slaying all these vampires, and he's really efficient at it, and then he gets to the final guy. (laughs) Like, his line is really bad, but I just like the idea that, yeah, he gets to the final guy, and it's just just a human, not a a, yeah, I guess a familiar, and he just takes out the fake teeth, and yeah, it's the first time in in the trilogy that we see just blatant use of fake vampire teeth, which I was was a fan of.
0: Yeah, I think it's... Honestly, I think it was like a... There were some issues, but I was still on board with it up until Ryan Reynolds was introduced. (laughs) Because it's like... I remember thinking... Like they say this is the worst one, but it's still a movie where Wesley Snipes wears sunglasses at night and slices up vampires with a sword. So how bad could it be? Like I was still yeah. having a good time. And then it just yeah, it 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 lost me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel it. Any other closing thoughts on Blade Infinity final movie in the franchise? I
0: think that's all for me.
1: All right. What have you been watching this week?
0: What have I been watching this week? Shit. And come, oh, so I watched uh, City of the Dead with Christopher Lee, another Christopher Lee movie. So, okay. so, so I watched this on Shutter on Shutter on um, Saturday night. It was the 40th anniversary of Elvira's show, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Okay, and cool. So she ended up streaming four movies. Um, her movie uh, was the first <clears> one, <throat> then City of the Dead, then. I think it was the Haunting of Hill House, the one with uh Vincent Price. I might I may have gotten the order mixed up there. And then the last one was Messiah of Evil. And so I I, I skipped the first movie because I'd already seen it uh, a couple times fairly recently. Um, but to the the last three I, I watched and they were all new to me. Um, City of the Dead. It was uh. Yeah, it, it's weird. It came out I think it came out within a week of Psycho, and it is structurally very similar to it. It has like a lot of very similar beats. Uh, but this one is is about uh witches and like burning witches and and, yeah, okay. and stuff like that. Um Interesting. So, yeah, it is quite a different take. It is more of a B movie, it is not the master class that Psycho is. Um but it's fun, you know, seeing Christopher Lee. A very skinny Christopher Lee uh creepy <laughs> Christopher Lee um then uh The Haunting of Hill House with Vincent Price <sighs> not great <laughs> um it like introduces a lot of like horror elements that kind of don't go anywhere they leave you scratching your head wondering what the fuck was that all about um and the ending is just straight up goofy um yeah it is it's not it doesn't quite work as a horror movie for me um and then the last one, Messiah of Evil. It's a movie from the, I want to say it's the '70s. It felt like a '70s movie. My mouse isn't working; otherwise, I would confirm that. But um, yeah, let me let me just yeah, I can use my keyboard here. See. Seventy-three. Yeah, seventy-three. Um, yeah, Messiah of Evil. Beautiful to look at. A really well-shot movie. Um, it feels like a lot of '70 movies. It feels kind of gross you feel kind of like sweaty and disgusting after a while of watching it um, yeah, yeah. you could feel the stickiness of the theater floor um, <laughs> but hot uh floor. it it kind of <laughs> i don't know yeah it's like kind of this dreamy psychedelic quality and but it's not good it just feels hot you know um mm-hmm. and it uh it's just a little too slow for me uh it, it was really It's really interesting. So it's this movie about this woman who's like, she goes to, uh, she's like investigating the, I'm like struggling to remember it now. She's like investigating the disappearance of her father, I believe. Her father was an artist. And uh, she goes to this town. She meets these like kind of eccentric people. She's reading her father's diary. And he's talking about these visions of these strange figures that he sees at night. And it slowly becomes kind of a, maniac not quite zombie movie more just like bizarre maniacal flesh eating people who s- like aren't falling apart like zombies um but they're still flesh eaters um like that it's uh yeah it's very strange and it's just it's just a little too slow for me uh in my opinion but definitely like great to look at and it it has a, a cult following a little cult status and i, I get why because because of the sort of like psychedelic visual style
1: yeah messiah of evil sounds like a movie i would really enjoy I mean,
0: it's a really cool title for a movie too so oh yeah <laughs> definitely uh what have you been watching lately
1: so this week i watched a tv series
0: by the name of squid game mm.
1: if you have you heard about yeah, this
0: it has, uh has been making waves on twitter
1: yeah and so A few weeks ago when I went to go get my hair retwisted I was in the Korean metro and like yeah there was just an entire like I don't say diorama is not the word for it but there's a bunch of was a bunch of props inside of this area of the metro station it was all dedicated to squid game and it was like a really big like play structure and like a really big slide and like uh yeah, like a, a very big screen showing clips from the show which i tried to avoid cuz i was like, i want to go into this blind as much as i can but yeah it was just like a bunch of colorful like play sets inside of the korean metro and i thought it was really interesting bit of uh, bit of promotion and a bit of, uh, and i really enjoyed seeing that and so had a little bit of anticipation about hearing of the show and yeah it is really fucking fantastic i enjoyed it a lot it's like a survival drama show it, like i don't want to spoil too much of it because I, I would highly recommend that you watch it but it centers around this down and out guy who has like a gambling problem he has a really bad debt problem and then he is approached by a man in the subway and the man in the subway challenges him to this little kid game and this like they're throwing down like square like, he throws down a square and the concept of the game, he throws down like this little paper square and he hands him one. He says, if you can, basically, if you can flip it over by just throwing it down, I'll give you 100,000 won. And if you, if you can't pay me that 100,000 won, you can, you can get paid in slaps. And so if you don't win, I'll, I'll just slap you instead for to play another round. And he sort of gets dragged into this game It sort of gets slapped a lot of times. until he actually wins. But then this sort of just sort of breadcrumbs into him getting dragged into this bigger game and this bigger sort of conspiracy going on, where it's hundreds of people sort of captured and taken to this island and they're forced to play kid games. And if they don't play kid, if they don't win these games, they get eliminated. And as these characters start to die, sort of find out more sinister things are happening. And yeah, just the production is really good. Yeah, so yeah, like the sets, look really gorgeous it's really like colorful scenes and like really nice like set pieces with all of these like kid games and it's yeah the acting is really good it has this actress by the name of uh ho young jung and it's she's a south korean model and this is like her first acting role but she's playing a pretty like dramatic role in the movie uh, sorry in the show and yeah really impressed by her acting skills and like one of like her first roles and i, I don't know it's just a really wild ride of a tv show there's nine episodes uh and yeah i can't recommend this show enough because there, there's some parts that are a little clunky but overall like just it, i haven't seen anything quite like this in a while know there's some other shows that have been referenced um i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head um but it's another netflix show that features like people sort of playing kids games and if they don't win sort of, there's death is involved but yeah, just the, just the visual representation of Squid Game is really strong. It's like they're all dorming inside of this big room, and they get to see the prize money in, like, a really big, like, plastic piggy bank that's, like, above them, so every time a bunch of contestants die, they just, like, dump tons of wand inside of this glowing piggy bank that they're all, like, looking at. I don't know. It's just, there's some, the the production value, like, really sells a lot of these, so it's like, ridiculous, over-the-top ideas, and yeah, it's, it's a pretty brutal show. It has some some dark episodes it like and so yeah, I think if you're looking for something fun, and slightly different to watch, I would highly recommend it.
0: Um, do you think it'll be picked up for another season or do you think it's just like a a one season thing? I
1: believe so. It has that potential to go on for another season. It could go on for uh I think it could go on for plenty like at least uh I would say at least 3 or 4, it, like just the way that the show is set up inherently, but yeah, just the, the first season, I think, is just really strong. And if it does get a second season, that'd be
0: fantastic. But, does it wrap up well? Like, if it if it doesn't come back, it's it'll be fine. It's just one season's enough, good enough?
1: Uh, no, I think it, it leads some... There's some loose ends okay. at, towards the end of the show where I was just like, okay, yeah, I could totally watch another nine or ten episodes of this just to get more of these characters and just to know more about this world. And just, yeah, it, it's just great. And also appreciate... You know, the fact that i'm living in korea there's some just some small details in there that i think they just represent really well just like you know, eating uh eating like sort of street food and kind of yeah just yeah i don't know just just this is a lot of small things in this series that i just appreciate sort of saying uh, also they cast uh there's like an indian actor or uh, i think he's pakistani and i i just like a little bit of diversity sort of helps like it just sort of color in the show a little bit more and add a little bit of like variety and yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's just, it's a lot of fun.
0: Cool. Squid game.
1: Yeah. Squid game. Mm,
0: I think that's all.
1: Okay. So we're going to talk, uh, I guess we're going to announce our next franchise. We just finished up blade franchise and we're moving on to
0: the Cornetto trilogy. The
1: Cornetto trilogy. <laughs> yes. <All right. laughs> sort of uncertain. But yeah. I think... <laughs> Like, I'm pretty we sure we confirmed that, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, yes. We have confirmed that we're going on mm-hmm. to the Cornetto trilogy. A very, very iconic and popular trilogy of films by one Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And Edgar Wright. And Edgar, and, Wright. Uh, and, and Edgar <laughs> Wright. can't cannot forget Edgar Wright. Yeah, just, <laughs> I was looking at the casting and I looked over. Yeah, also Edgar Wright. Movies, <laughs> which is fantastic. <laughs> he's, he's really great. And yeah, I loved these movies. I remember when Shaun of the Dead was coming out and it was like right at the time when i was just like not still not able to see radar movies mm-hmm. under my parents permission but i was like i need to fucking see this movie because it just yeah. looks so good and it just yeah it's just it was just one of those iconic like not uh now i want to say iconic again it was just one of those really oh, uh, form. <laughs> yeah it is iconic it is an iconic film but it was also a really formative movie of like our high school years you yeah. know
0: 2004 did you see it in the theaters you managed to see it
1: I don't believe I managed to see it in theaters. I think I caught it a little bit later, uh, like when I finally got to college. Where I think it was like right around when Hot Fuzz came out.
0: Yeah, my sister had a very cool friend who was very uh, in the know. So he took us to go see Show at the Dead um, in theaters. And yeah, it would fucking rule. <laughs> like, that's, that's awesome. I was already printing zombie movies. I think I saw Dead Alive when I was uh, in eighth grade. That was kind of blew my mind um so yeah Shaun of the dead was right up my alley yeah yeah so, so i'm looking definitely looking forward to re-watching Shaun
1: of the dead and hot fuzz and also revisiting the world's end because that was sort of a, a interesting movie because it came out right around the time as this is the end which is yeah. the seth rogan james franco and company end of the world movie and it was weird seeing it like Two end of the world theme movies come out at the same time. Similarly
0: titled. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah damn near identical titles. You always,
0: yeah. You always had to verify which movie you were discussing anytime someone brought one of them up.
1: Yeah. And in hindsight, I think The World's End might, I, I'm really looking forward to watching it because, yeah, not many people are talking too much about this is the end as time goes on. I think, well, I know The World's End is a little bit more of a, uh, uh, I want to say it, it's it, I think it's like beloved with like within like the pocket of people that like really love this trilogy, but yeah, I think I think it is aged well,
0: yeah, we'll 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 see. We'll get there. um yeah, because yeah, I, I agree. World's End seems to be the one that people don't focus on. I think there might have been a larger gap between World's End and Hot Fuzz than there was between Hot Fuzz and shauna of the Dead, um, which may yeah, have hot fuzz
1: yeah sean the dead and hot fuzz is like three years apart and yeah. then the world's end came out in 2013
0: because didn't he did he do scott pilgrim before world's end
1: yes okay yeah yeah and scott pilgrim and also fantastic i love that movie and
0: really enjoy it and i remember um that movie paul with seth rogan <laughs> and uh yeah and that has Nick Frost and Simon Pegg came out, and people were like, "Wait a minute, is this the third cornetto movie because it's like a sci-fi <laughs> movie with Simon yeah. Pegg and Nick Frost, but no it had nothing to do with Edgar Wright so have you seen Paul? I have not I saw it it was um on my oh I think my camera just died <laughs> um but it was on my uh it's being recommended to me on my TV right now Paul like some streaming yeah. service has it that's cool. From the producers of Hot Fuzz, it says on the <laughs> on the poster. You got to sell it somehow. Yeah. All right.
1: So, yeah, that's going to be our next franchise. Looking forward to diving into that. So, yeah, this has been episode 53 of Vague Zone. If you would like to contact us, you can email us, vaguezonepod at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, or movie suggestions, franchise suggestions. If you would like to tweet at us, you can tweet at us on Twitter, at vaguezone. Uh, we're always on there chatting it up talking about movies as we watch them so yeah join us in the conversation on there yeah next episode uh, next episode join us for Shaun of the dead 2004 okay it's been episode 53 I'm Thomas and I'm Daniel we'll catch you on the next one hey okay.
0: take care bye <laughs> Oh. Yeah.